We're going to get a conversation going about this opioid situation. And, and maybe we're conflating the two, and perhaps we shouldn't. We'll find out from our guest in a moment. But, you know, it's a safe bet that today, tragically, someone will die in our province of drug poisoning. It's a certainty that multiple people will die in Canada, and several will die around the world. It's it's a shocking spiral that we've been unable to stop. It goes back decades. Now, opioids, of course, are not new, right? I mean, opium, heroin, opium has been used for centuries, really. But this modern-day crisis, um, closely linked with pharmaceuticals. If you think about what we're talking about in today's opioid epidemic conversation, it's fentanyl, right? It's not heroin. That's not what we're talking about. It's fentanyl. That's the drug we're talking about, pharmaceuticals. And you can go back to OxyContin, and that's sort of when it seems to me the floodgates opened, and we headed down this road of, you know, not illicit drugs. Um, I mean, perhaps they were illegally sold and things like that, but they were made in a in a factory for the most part. Um, and our next guest has been on this story for a very long time and raising the alarm about it going back many, many years. We're going to speak with Barry Meyer, who is author of Painkiller, An Empire of Deceit and the Origin of America's Opioid Epidemic. Barry, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Shane. It's very kind of you to have me on. Hey, are we conflating the two? I mean, if we talk, we're going to be talking about OxyContin and, and that prescription opioid epidemic that started back in the day. Is it is it wrong to say that sort of tipped off where we are now when we see this crisis that's happening around the world, or do they sort of go hand in hand? Well, I, I don't think it's wrong at all if we, if we view it from the perspective of the fact that, you know, OxyContin kind of planted the seed. Yeah. Uh, for what we're seeing today. You know, the opioid epidemic has changed over time. Uh, and nowadays, many of the overdose deaths are being caused by illegal forms of fentanyl, counterfeit yeah. forms of fentanyl that are produced by cartels in Mexico and sold on the street. But nonetheless, there is still a sizable, you know, tens of thousands of opioid overdose deaths that are being caused in recent years by prescription drugs, um, prescription opioids or narcotics, depending on what you want to call them. And, and this this whole phenomena does very much trace its roots back to the introduction of OxyContin in the late 1990s. And you started writing about OxyContin and, and the threat that it posed. I mean, you wrote a book like 20 years ago about this situation, um, both outlining the frightening history in the work that you did in the newspaper, as well as the book that you wrote. Um, so, I mean, you, you've been on this for, for decades, really. Right. I mean, it's sort of like being, um, I guess maybe I could liken it to being a detective on a cold case. In the sense that, you know, I got, I got to the scene first. There's no question about that. I saw the the crime in progress, tried to write about it, or and did write about it, both for the, for the New York Times and in the book. But, you know, it never really sort of grabbed the public's attention until revel, relatively recently when there was, you know, a big series of lawsuits brought against... Um, the owners of Purdue Pharma, the company that made OxyContin, the, the Sackler family, uh, and there were protests at museums and medical schools to get um, their name uh, taken down. I mean, so, you know, what, what's happening nowadays is unfortunately we're looking back retrospectively mm -hmm. at what happened as opposed to realizing when it was happening 
that there's a were a lot of things we could and should have done to sort of bend and, and blunt the impact of this epidemic. And you mentioned Purdue, you mentioned the Sackler family, and those seem to be, uh, they've emerged as the villains of this story. And you know what? They deserve everything that they get. We know some of the things they were up to, and there's no question, and you know, they're being held accountable in the courts, but, but they had a lot of help, right? I mean, uh, uh, there was a lot of people there were, that helped. There was an army of enablers. Yeah, an right. An army of enablers, people who, for reasons both good and bad, you know, turned their eyes to what was happening in front of them because they wanted to believe, you know, this ideology. Uh, perfect example is, you know, Brian uh, Goldman, who's this very popular radio doc up in Canada. And, uh, you know, he was a big supporter of Purdue Pharma. He was on their payroll and went out and promoted OxyContin uh, to other doctors as a way to deal with patient pain, which he and many other people believed were being undertreated. Uh, and that's fine. There, there was some argument to be made uh, for that. But, you know, in the case of doctors, physicians like Dr. Goldman, uh, they didn't grok for a decade to this mounting body toll that was going uh, you know, soaring around them. In addition to that, you know, they somehow thought that taking money from far- big pharma companies that, you know, that doesn't affect me. That doesn't affect how I prescribe or what I do. And basically, you know, they were essentially conning themselves because, you know, study after study after study, study has shown that uh, that money does pay dividends in terms of what doctors do. You mentioned that pain, that war against pain movement. And I remember, I mean, pain clinics were sprouting, uh, popping up all over. And I remember seeing commercials on TV. You don't need to des- to live in pain. You shouldn't be in pain. If you're in pain, go see your doctor. You're right. There was a, it was a movement within medicine saying, you know what, pain, we need to be treating pain differently, right? And that was part of this. Correct. I mean, it was a huge part of it, and it was a big movement that was being funded by Purdue Pharma, uh, the maker of OxyContin, and other big tr- drug companies. And again, the idea on on um, which you know on which this whole movement was predicated: why should people be in pain? Can we do something more to treat their pain? That's a noble idea. No one would sure. argue against that idea, but. The problem was the only money being poured into this war was being you know, poured into it by pharmaceutical companies. And as a result, uh, the only treatments that were being used were pharmaceutical treatments. You know, I kind of sketch out that history pretty well, I think, in the book uh, back, you know, when I wrote the book back in 2003, because I was very interested in it. And, you know, running up into the start of this war on pain, there were all kinds of um, other ways that are be- that were being used to treat pain, you know, physical therapy, behavioral therapy, other kinds of drugs. But when the drug companies kind of took over this initiative, the insurers said, hey, it's much cheaper for us to pay for drugs than pay for physical therapy, so just write a script everyone will be happy and and will save money. So, you know, in terms of, you know, public policy here and and public policy sort of driving, how are we treating patients? Uh, You know, it was sort of was hijacked 
uh, by the pharmaceutical industry. But, Barry, the question, and like you say, why did we not recognize what we were doing with OxyContin? I mean, I'm no pharmacist, I'm no doctor, but I know that opioids are opioids. We're, we're talking about morphine, we're talking about heroin. It doesn't matter what the formulation is. Ultimately, they're all metabolized. It's the same drug at the end of the day. Why did we convince ourselves that, for some reason, OxyContin was going to be different from well, from heroin or from opium. Well, because it was, it was. You're absolutely right, and it's because it was built on a lie. And every time you've had a new narcotic opioid coming onto the market, it could be morphine, it could be any other one, opium. Uh, they were promoted as being safer than other narcotics, and Purdue basically cobbled together with aid, with the aid of uh, physicians involved in the world on pain, the supposed studies that existed that showed that, you know, a normal patient, the risk of their being addicted to OxyContin was less than 1%. That was like their adver- advertising jingle. And uh, doctors, for whatever reason, bought it. And unfortunately, none of them went back, as I did, in 2003 and found the studies that were being used by promote by Purdue and some of these pain advocates to support this 1% figure. And I was stunned. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, but just as a layman by reading these studies, they did had nothing to do with uh, long-term pain treatment, the risk of addiction from opioids, and it's like, you know, they basically hijacked the science and manipulated it to say what they thought they would was what they needed to say in order to sell drugs. And now they're paying the price for it. Uh, Sackler's on the hook for billions. Uh, Purdue Pharma, I think they're running out of business, right? I mean, they've gone bankrupt. So, I mean, are, are, are we getting justice for what was done, do you think, Barry? Well, it's a weird kind of justice. I mean, the Sackler family has uh, agreed to contribute billion dollars to the bankruptcy of Purdue Pharma. So, you know, hopefully much of that money will go into drug addiction programs and be used widely. But there was a string attached to their offer. And that was, if we're going to give this money to the bankruptcy proceeding, we now want basically an insurance policy, a blanket insurance policy that we will never be sued again. You can never sue us as individuals ever again so i don't know about you if i get sued or whatever i probably don't have six billion lying around to buy myself out of trouble so you know we're seeing a system of justice being bent to serve the needs and will of the wealthy so while on the one hand it's great this money is going to drug addiction treatment we're seeing basically justice being fashioned to serve the needs of individuals and not us and is that it i mean is that sort of hey this is our pound of flesh that we're going to get for all of the damage that's been done over the last 30 years or are other people going to be held accountable to it have we have we sort of washed our hands i, of this? I think this is it this is this it is yeah it. i mean the, the, the amazing thing is from my perspective we are not done that the influence of the sacklers will be with us for decades to come because, you know, it's not OxyContin is not the only thing that they created. They basically, Arthur Sackler, the sort of founding father of this family, created the entire 
drug advertising industry. And as I sort of write about in Painkiller, you can take every, like, you know, erectile dysfunction drug and other kind of drug that you see on TV all the time these days and and trace those promotional activities yeah. back to Arthur Sackler. It all started with him, and it's not ending because Purdue is in bankruptcy. We're going to be totally surrounded by it, and we're going to be totally surrounded by doctors who think, well, I can accept this money, this meal, whatever, from this drug company. It's not going to affect me. Oh, yeah. I mean, cruises, vacations, all kinds of things, Barry. I mean, it wasn't just meals, right? I mean, right. it was big money. It was big money. It was big money. Or they have a piece of the action. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. You go into the area of things like medical devices, which I wrote about extensively for the Times, and the people who are promoting them are the innovators. And when they go off the rails... Uh, they're still out there defending them. They're still out there trying to uh, make sure that the cash cow uh, keeps giving uh, their cash. Yeah, troubling, troubling stuff. Barry, great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I just want to alert your reader, uh, your your listeners, yeah. that you know, there's a, a new Netflix series coming out on August 10th Okay, based on Painkiller that stars Matthew Broderick, Uzo Abuda, we shot it in Canada uh, a year and a half ago, and I think it's a fictional telling of this story. Yeah. So, you know, read the book, watch the show, uh, and, uh, you know, take a journey as I did back to the, the roots of the opioid. Okay. What, what, it's on Netflix August 10th? Is it called Painkiller, Barry? It's, it is indeed. Okay, it excellent. Is. Okay, perfect. I will watch it. Thank you, okay. sir.